I honestly believe I don't think that there's anyone on the planet that's been responsible for more lunch and learns and dinner at the docks than me. Hey everyone, welcome to the DC Practice Growth Podcast. I am talking about uh, one of my favorite subjects ever today. I often get asked if I started all over again, if I lost everything, or if I decided to open a practice from scratch all over again and film the whole thing, what would I do? And it would be everything I'm going to talk about in the next three episodes of this. It's a three-part episode podcast. And um, it is all about all things talking or speaking or orientation classes or lunch and learns or dinner with the docs. I'm going to, in the next three episodes of this podcast, run through the most fundamental principles you have to understand if you're going to do these effectively. And um, the reason I say that if I had to do this all over again, the reason I say that I would do these and pretty much nothing else, and I say that tongue in cheek, I would do other things, of course. But A, clearly um, I do a lot of these. So I, I honestly believe that there's almost no one on the planet that has been responsible for more lunch and learns the, and more dinner with the docs, those two in combination, than me. Let me say that again. I honestly believe I don't think that there's anyone on the planet that's been responsible for more lunch and learns and dinner with the docs than me. Why, am, why, why can I say that and how can I say that? It's because I have eight practices. And um, I am responsible with my marketing team for making sure there are new patients in those practices, which means this is a banker or a home run for us and something we do regularly, we do it aggressively, we do it a lot, and we've been doing it for years. So in the next three episodes of this podcast, I'm going to run through some of the lessons we've learned about doing these. And, um, and I'm going to start this podcast by telling you more about specifically going when when it comes to talks there are three right there's three types of scenarios one you're going to do something within your practice to existing members two you're going to do something in the community which is commonly termed by a lot of people as lunch and learns and and variations of that three we are going to talk a lot about um what's commonly termed dinner with the docs and how to get people to come to you, how to opt in via social media to come to you. And we're going to starting this week with probably the one that most people don't want to hear about right now, but the one they probably need to hear about the most. And that is doing something within your practice, an orientation class, a health class, a mandatory health class, as a lot of people would have termed it, especially back in the day. And, um, and I think that's an important point to touch on right now. Uh, how, how and why would anyone make a health class mandatory? And um, if we go to the fundamentals of why we do speaking, why we do a health class, most people would tell you why you would do it in the, in the practice is to educate, is to educate your patients. I sometimes think that's almost slightly condescending, you know, that you're going to educate them. I mean, listen, the word educe comes from, educate from, comes, the word educate comes from the Latin word to educe, which means to draw out. So let me say that again. 
not shoving in, but drawing out. You know, um, my teachers and, and, and the people that I spend time with come from the fundamental belief that genius is within every one of us already. Your job is to draw it out. And it is very closely aligned with chiropractic uh, philosophy that, that, you know, we have any, everything within us to be geniuses and geniusly heal. I mean, the process of healing is a genius process so we have everything within us to do that and what i'm basically the beginning of this talk of this podcast could literally be your health class right so why are we why are we so why why are we so why do i think it and why do lots of other businesses not just chiropractic think it's so important to do something like a health class an orientation class or 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 mandatory class you know, without sounding condescending, yes, there is an element of education to it, which, but there's a deeper, there's a deeper, a deeper thing with this. Okay, let me first state, let me give you an example. We live in an age today where um, people are pretty much trying to get rid of almost everything that requires human beings. We're going to have driverless cars. We already have driverless cars. We, um, we have, uh, you know, automated telephone calls going out. We have um, Siri. We have AI. We have, um, you know, now you're able to simply say to your Alexa, you're, you, can, you can order things online without doing without even speaking to a human being. Um, you can, everything from book your travel to your flights to just about anything you can do online now and not even have to not even speak to a human being. So let's start with that. How, and and the interesting the interesting part of that conversation is this. Even though that is the case, it is interesting to me to state the following fact. If you mention, if I mention, I'm gonna mention some names now, some of the biggest online marketers on the planet. Let me be clear, these people, these people have um in, in make mil- they have made a million in a day many of them they've made they've had incredible opportunities to increase their wealth etc by 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 not speaking to anyone by simply sitting at home in front of their computer in their underwear most of the time and make a lot of money and a lot of people look at that situation and go that's the dream and what's so interesting about that situation is even with that being the case, they all still get in a plane, fly halfway across the world to speak to an audience. And let me just say that again. Let me start that again. They fly halfway across the world in a plane that's a pain in the ass. When you first start speaking internationally, you it's, the novelty is quite cool, you know. And it, trust me, it wears off very, very quickly. But they still jump, wait in the queues, uh, travel, terrible travel times. They still jump on a plane. They still travel halfway across the world to stand up in front of an audience for sometimes as short as 60 to 90 minutes. When they are making up to a million a day online, why in the world would they do that? And here's why they do that. Because I don't care how good you are at marketing. I don't care how good you are at online marketing. I don't care how many leads you can generate. Nothing I never forget my biggest mentors taught me this. Nothing will ever, nothing will ever replace both the quantity and quality, specifically emphasis on the second part of that sentence, the quality of leads. And there's a third part in the time frame that you, in the shortest time frame that you can, 
by doing except for talks. Nothing will ever be able to match the quantity and quality and the return investment on your time that you'll ever get from talks. Yes, you may generate a lot of leads online. Listen, if you just want a lot of leads, you can just do Groupon. You'll get a ton of leads, I'll tell you that. But if you've been in business for a while, been in practice for a while, you'll know that there's a difference between a lead and a quality lead. And there's this beautiful tension between sales and marketing that will forever exist. And, and, and if you don't have a sales and a marketing team, let me tell you who your sales and marketing team is. Your sales team is you. You are the sales guy. You're the guy that does the initial consultations, the report of findings. That is, you are essentially the sales guy. The marketing is, even if it's an internal dialogue, you'll be sitting in an initial consultation, for instance, um, an exam, and you, will, you may be with what, I don't really believe in this, but what people commonly term a tire kicker, and you may think to yourself, damn it, I really hate this. I hate that I'm sitting with this guy who's wasting my time. That is that, that dialogue there is the tension that will always exist between sales and marketing. That just happens to you internally. If you change it up and you go, you have a sales team and you have a marketing team, that dialogue still exists. Trust me, I know I have salespeople in my business, both on the phone as well as my chiropractors and therapists, and I have a marketing team. And no matter what we do, this is the dialogue that happens. Marketing says to sales, or actually sales will normally moan first. Sales will say to marketing, sales, chiropractors, practitioners, Whoever, whoever, is, whoever is seeing the lead, for instance, or the prospect at that point, will say to marketing, you need to get us higher quality leads. And marketing, trying to do the very best that they can, will always will end up saying to sales, you need to learn how to close better. Now, how do I know that? Because I have up to 50, up to 50 associates at any one time, um, anywhere, if I've had anywhere from 35 to 50 associates, and I tell you that for, for 10 years of doing this, that will always exist. And sometimes they'll be using an excuse. So it doesn't even matter how good the person is or bad the person is, you may find someone might, as a justification, will say, well, the reason I'm not doing so well in practice is because you're not getting me high quality leads. So even if it's not true, often what will happen is the person, the salesperson, will justify why they're not doing that well um, based on the fact that the marketing maybe you at the time, is not generating high enough quality of lead. Um, but it's really a mixture of the both, uh, of both those scenarios. As I said, if you want a shit ton of leads, you just go and get a whole bunch of leads from, from Groupon and you've got no problem if that's all you're worried about and there's a time and place for that. But there is nothing that will... Ev My response to that person normally is, um, why, okay, great, you want high quality leads, you need to do a lot of talks. And then we see it. This is what it is. It's what I call the fear. And the fear I'm talking about is the fear of public speaking. Uh, if on most polls, if you ask what the highest fear in the world is, most people will say um, that, in, depending on the poll, but there are many surveys that would put public speaking ahead of death, which would mean at a funeral, the person, uh, most people would rather be say, would rather be in the box at a funeral or in the casket, then saying the eulogy. Isn't that a crazy scenario? As statistically speaking, most people would rather be in the casket than saying the eulogy. So, so that's when I say, when I see it. And as I say, when I see it, it's, it's the fear. It's the fear that people have. Like, yes, I want high quality of leads, but don't ask me to get out there and get into public. 
in the public domain and do and do speaking. So I'm going to address that very quickly. Look, I have a two day I have a two day course on this. If you want to learn how to speak, if you want to learn how to change your life, it changed my life. I promise you that. If you want to learn how to fill the room, how to get people to show up, that's another art. How to um, then uh, close people and ethically get people to come to the next steps with you, then you've got to be at the events. Please look at the dates. There's one coming up in Dallas. There's one coming up in Windsor, United Kingdom. There's one coming in Barcelona, Spain, and there's another one coming in West Coast of America. So for this year, so please make sure you check that out. But moving swiftly on, the the remit of this podcast is not specifically got to do with getting over the fear of public speaking. There is entire books written about that, and there's entire course written about that, and you should go on those. But the reason why you should do, let's skip right to the reason why you should do these talks is because if Ryan Dice, who's one of the biggest online marketers on the planet, Frank Kern, Russell Brunson, still go to the effort to, and, and to be clear, you know, they can do everything online, they make millions of dollars online, but they still go to the effort to, to get people to physically, physically, from all over the world, show up in a room. Those rooms are not cheap. Let me just explain. You are talking about, I personally know that, um, you know, to put on a day at the Excel or a big conference center with a big AV team, etc. you are talking in some cases six figures, six figures for two days, I would say. Six or two days. It'll often, with the, you know, don't forget all the money it costs to market the room, hire the room, hire speakers, hire, um, hire AV team, etc. You know, you, you could easily be, be dropping 50K. Easily. I mean, that's going to be 100K depending on the spec of all of that. So why do these people go to that effort? If they can, if they can sit at home in their underwear and make millions of dollars, why in the world do they still go to all the effort of getting people to fly all the way across the world to sit in a room? Because here is the truth. Again, nothing will ever match the quality and quantity of leads you'll get, but there's a further truth to it, is that everyone thinks it's about educating your patients, which is kind of condescending because they've got genius in them with already, but it's way less about educating your patients and more about creating a community. It's way less about educating and more about creating a community. That does not mean that education, the education part of that isn't super important. It's an and conversation. But when we say education, it's more. It, let's 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 break it down into two parts. We have getting people into a live room, and there's an education part. I'm going to skip through all the rubbish for that and tell you that the education part is a to almost unapologetic, unapologetically, if you will, quickly let someone know who you are and what you stand for, right? And that's our philosophy. And that is important, but don't forget to freak, don't you want to freak them out too much. It's called um, gradient. You want to make sure that you meet people where they're at in some way, shape, or form. And some people hate that saying. Some people love that saying. But uh, listen, I, I've spoken on some of the biggest stages on the planet. I've shared some, of the sta some stages with some of the biggest names on the planet, Robert Kiyosaki, etc. And I will tell you that there is a legitimate concern about if you will meeting some meeting your audience audience where they're at so that is a that's not a whether you agree with that or don't agree with that i don't really care it's a communication fundamental principle first of all so the education part is also broken down into you are selling yes i said it you are selling the process a of what you stand for you're also selling 
the fact in some way, shape or form, you're also addressing a lot of objections. So there's a sales principle that says deal with objections before they come up in many cases in your sales presentations and in your copywriting. So when you're doing talks, you're thinking about addressing objections. Objections like when I, I've heard that when I see a chiropractor, I have to keep on going forever. I've also heard that you're going to try to sell me something. I've also heard that it hurts. You need to address a lot of these concerns subtly within your education process when those people say educate. And for me, one of the biggest points when it comes to education that I hammer home with anything where you're wanting retention, anywhere you're wanting a high lifetime value of a patient or a client, is that for me, one of the biggest things that you need to educate on is that healing takes time. This is creating an anchor. And in that initial opportunity to educate as people um, say or bandy around, is what you're really trying to do is you're trying to manage expectations. That is the biggest point of that orientation, mandatory health class, whatever you want to call it, you are managing expectations. You are also teaching, but you are managing expectations. So you're, 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 when you're designing your orientation class, you want to be, th- if you're not talking about how long things take to heal, if you are not pre-framing how long people have been with you, if you are not showing testimonials about people who have been getting adjusted since birth, if you're not sending t- showing um, case studies about people who started with you 10 years ago who still get adjusted on a weekly basis or fortnightly basis or monthly basis, then you're going to you're gonna have a tough time. Your, your, your messaging is not really, you know, the tongue, your tongue, whatever you say is your PVA. Whatever you talk about, whatever you repeatedly say, you become and your practice becomes. So if you're constantly showing those type of scenarios, you're automatically going to increase your PVA and um, and increase the, uh, the, the or at least manage those expectations. So that's the first part of the education. And the next part of, ed- of, of the talk, which I said if you break it down into two, two parts, it's an education part and there is a, a community part. The reason that these online marketers still go to all the effort to get people from halfway across the world to show up in a physical room when they really don't need to, they do need to. They understand the marketing principle behind it. They understand the community aspect of it. But they, from a financial perspective, you know they're making good money. They don't need to do that. But they do need to do it to grow the business. And the understanding that people do business with people. And getting them in a room, you will never, besides a few um, besides a few things that that many of us listening to this podcast will never fully be able to experience, and that is the power of traditional media. Traditional media is still king, by the way. Um, Yes, social media is insanely amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's changed my life. But if if I could click my fingers right now and be on Oprah... I would take I would take that over any social media marketing campaign. If I could click my fingers right now and have a, a talk show that's showed by millions and millions of people, listen, let's be honest, if you're on Oprah, you probably never have to worry about marketing for the rest of your life. But that is not a, a realistic goal for 99% of us. So so with that said, the next best thing is to create your own celebrity status, which is you can do kind of through social media. But what do all experts do? All experts 
99% of the planet will stand up in front of an audience and speak. So what you're trying to leverage by getting up and speaking in front of an audience, straight away you're going to be perceived as the expert. That's a big part of the branding process, of you establishing yourself as the expert. You know, um, there is a famous doctor who helps people heal from cancer naturally, Dr. Siegel, and uh, he always says there was there's three parts to helping someone heal. And it's one, the person that essential to help, helping someone heal from cancer naturally. One is the person's belief in the treatment of choice. He uses the word treatment. Next, he says the person's belief in the provider of choice. And and then which is so important from a chiropractic standpoint, the person's belief in their body's ability to heal. Those three things. He says if those three things are present, the person's if person believes in the treatment of choice, if they believe in their body's ability to heal, and most importantly, they in this context that we're talking about today, is they believe in the person, in the person they've chosen with their health, those three things together create magic when it comes to healing. So ignoring this is will affect your results quite literally with a person they have to believe that you are the right person to help them and one of those processes is that you are automatically perceived as more as the expert if you stand up and speak so then there's a powerful process of getting community involved so not only your team gonna get to meet everyone but and mingle with everyone which is powerful but also the the, the practice members are gonna get together and mingle and create forge relationships and um, and that's a very important part of someone of of community is not so much only their relationship with you, but if they form a, a relationship with the community around them, your front desk and the other practice members, that always helps. That is a fantastic. That's why people do patient appreciation events is to create that community. So we are talking specifically here about a orientation class uh, or mandatory health class. And let me take another step here and tell you about. A podcaster. I mean, uh, uh, I did a virtual summit so not so long ago, and um, I did a survey on. I asked this question: What has been the one thing that's been the most reliable source of new patients for you over your your span of your career? And I did the virtual summit with some of the most successful docs on the planet, and the number one thing that everyone said that um, that came up the most was a health class, a orientation class a or something of the sort and the reason they said that was if you look back at the people who have been with me the longest they were all able to trace those people back to some way shape or form a class one of the docs I interviewed interestingly what he does is he, he for 20 years he's always chosen a patient of the week at the end of the quarter he takes all his patients of the week for a dinner right and he says, it may not sound like a lot. You've got four per month. You've got three months. And you're looking at taking 12 people for dinner uh, every quarter for 20 years. He says, without a shadow of a doubt, if you, that one strategy, if you look at the people that have stayed with him the longest, it has by far been one of his best things he's ever done in his career. And most of those people even started the care thing because they went through an orientation class or a health class first. So... When I talk about orientation classes or health classes with my inner circle members, I also like to just talk about the different types. Uh, because there are very, there's, the beautiful thing about business is that business is great. 
there's not one way to do it. But And everyone does it a different way and they all swear by their way. But I want to tell you that's just not quite the truth. So first of all, we have the mindset that people, a lot of people would prefer to um, not see an initial consultation or an exam or a first appointment with someone if they have not been to a health class. So the one train of thought is that you can do a health class prior to someone even going through an initial consultation. Here's my lesson with that strategy is, one, are your initial consultation reported findings going to naturally be with more, with more people that are of higher quality? And by quality, I mean in um intent to take up your care and that and the answer is a resounding yes there's absolutely no doubt because the more hoops you get someone to jump through before they end up in a selling environment simply means the higher their motivation is to get to that point and by the time you get to that point they are just a a dream to work with so that's the first part um however are you going to naturally is that a natural um filtering process to have less people at the initial consultation, that's also a resounding yes. So you've got to be careful of that strategy. The only time, if you're very good at generating leads, in fact, in, in, in fact, you're you're amazing at generating um, a lot of new patients, etc. And you are, let's say, a standalone doc in your practice, and you have a limit to the amount of initial consultations you see per week. And you need to make sure that those initial consultations, those exams, are filled by the highest priority. Dan Kennedy always says that the biggest mistake we make as, as one-on-one salespeople is we spend too much time with the wrong people. When we have a limit, there's a finite amount of initial consultations we can do. So if you're very good at that and you literally want to filter out the amount of people you're seeing, that is a fantastic strategy. And I promise you your conversions will go up and I promise your retention will go up and I promise you'll make a lot, a lot of money if you can still keep the appointments full but having them gone through that process first. So that's my first tip. And I've helped people with that. And for some people, that's the right strategy. If you're currently listening to this and you're struggling for new patients, I'm going to ask you to be careful of that strategy because you don't want to filter too. Sometimes it's too, too much of a filter and you end up not having enough bodies in front of you to be able to sell your product or service to. So that's the first part. The next way to do it is that a lot of people will do it between after initial consultation but before report of findings. Now, for a similar reason to the first strategy, but you, but they've got an opportunity to do an exam, and then they'll, and this is normally taken um, shape in the form of, of a group report. So essentially, again, you're educating, you're handling objections, you're pre-framing, you're managing expectations, and then you are doing that prior to doing an initial consultation. I'm um, doing a report of findings with someone and giving them essentially their solution. So remember. In our industry, or, or if you look at the, if you classify the sale, the sale of what we, the, the the sale process of what we do is a diagnostic and prescriptive sale. That sends shivers up a lot of people's spines when I say that, because a lot of people would, especially in chiropractic, would say, you know, well, I don't diagnose. Well, yes, you in in, in the sense of a sales process, yes, you do. You do, even if you say, I don't diagnose a sim, I don't diagnose a um, disease process, that's fine. You don't diagnose a disease process, but you still diagnose. You still say to the person, here is your problem. That's the definition. Someone will, they will still say, and your problem in this case may be that you are subluxated and that is decreasing life force and not enabling your body to heal the way it should, but you're still, that's the sales process is still a diagnostic sales process. The most vitalistic docs on the planet still go, 
there's your problem. I've been with them. I've spent so much time with them. I have, they've been my mentors. And it doesn't matter what they say, they still look at an x-ray and go, there's your problem. Which means that's, that's what I mean by that is it's a problem and then a prescriptive sale. And then here is the solution. The prescriptive, when I say is here's the solution. So when you are, when you're doing it that way around, when you're doing a group report into a, into a, into an individual report, you are doing, or an individual report or a close, which is either done by the doc or sometimes a, a team members, you are setting up the, you've, you sometimes will address the solution in the, in the group report, and then the individual solution will be just dealt with when uh, in the in a private room that's normally how it's done i'm not going to labor the point we'll do a separate podcast on these individually but that is the second way to do it the third way to do it is uh, you just get people to um come to a talk as part of their process when they start care with you so let me run through that again so first way is prior to initial consultation or exam second way is uh, a group report, if you will, before the report of findings. The third way is once you've once you've discussed initial care plans, you will then once you discuss initial care plans, you will then simply, as part of your care plan, that's the critical thing I'm going to tell you now. Uh, it has to be if you're trying to do do a health class and it's like an optional thing, you will never fill that health class. I promise you. And I say this tongue in cheek, but the docs that fill the class, the health class the most are the ones that simply insist that it is a mandatory class. And some of you will feel uncomfortable with that term. But that even if you don't use that term, you absolutely have to have that intention. Because I here's, here's the lesson that I've learned. I've been doing this for 10 years. If you're not all in and the team's not all in and you almost take no prisoners, you will... It's not, it's not like, oh, if you do this 50%, you will get about 50% of the room. No, no, no. If you do this 50% all in, you will get almost no one in the room. If you do this 100% in, you'll get 80% of the, to 90% of the people in the room. So there's almost no in between. You as a team and as a doc, you have to be absolutely determined that every person attends a health class. And some tips for this is that it has to be spoken about as part of their scheduling. For instance, when you are offering your recommendations and you're saying, well, you're going to need to see me three times, well, you know, what we're going to do first is you're going to see me three times a week for the next whatever. And um, we're going to book that out ahead of time. And you nail down the scheduling, which is a separate podcast. You in that in that discussion, you're going to be giving yourself a doing yourself a huge favors in that discussion. You mention what everyone does here is we first go through a class that makes sure you get the most out of your adjustments, to get so you get the long-term results, that to make sure you can maintain these so that you can take this lesson and this hurt and the healing home with you and help your family and your family understands, etc. is we start everyone with a health class. And then we'll see you three times a week for the next, etc. You Or you mention the scheduling and then you mention but everyone goes to health class first. You do need to mention that at that point, and that way you've, you're giving your team um, a good chance of winning. Then when you do the handover at the front desk, again, it's always, we're going to see Mary, three, we're going to get Mary booked in for the next health class, this Thursday night, and we're going to see her three times a week for the next X, whatever amount of time, whatever your recommendations are. That's my little tip for you to fill those classes. So here's what's going to happen. If you do 
Here's the, the kind of, you could do the first way of doing a mandatory health class prior to initial consultation or exam and then a health class, but I sometimes think, this is my humble opinion, and you know, I'm totally prepared to be wrong, but this is my humble opinion that I think that's a bit overkill at times. You could do and make it mandatory. Um, that is your education process. So so my, my, my suggestion for you, whatever you choose, is if you're choosing the option where you're doing a, a group report, you have to be skilled at doing group reports and understand that's your process. Normally with open plan docs who are needing to maximize how many reports they can do per week because they've got so many new patients. However, that being said, I still I still lean towards a one-on-one initial um, report of findings. Uh, I do believe that conversions are higher with that. So I hope that was helpful for you to understand when we say a health class, the why we do it and the three and the different types of, if you will, in, in inverted commas, health classes. Then let's move into the last part. I've told you why we do it from a sales perspective, why we do it from a from a community perspective, and how doing it is if you're not if you think you can grow a business without it, you you may have well grown a business without it, but you are still maybe to get your next point, you're still defying the panacea that is how many businesses have grown. Tribes, communities had tribal meetings, etc. You're still trying to define a fundamental principle that has grown communities for centuries. And then we move to the last part, which is the end result. So what is the point of gathering people together? What is the point? And here's the biggest, the biggest outcomes rather. I've given you the why, but the outcomes are going to be number one, referrals. So I haven't mentioned this anywhere in the podcast yet because it's kind of my cliffhanger, is the whole opportunity to get a, a family member or a guest or a loved one in the room is absolutely golden. That opportunity is, you know, turning one new patient into two without families are how you grow practices. Families are how you grow practices. So let's not lose fact, lose sight of the fact that that is the number one outcome. Okay. The second outcome, in my opinion, is retention. So you will see your PVA skyrocket if you are disciplined with this. If you are disciplined with this. And crucially, if you're disciplined with this and all in to get people to show up to these events and you're taking no prisoners, I've almost never seen it work where people are lukewarm with it. Meaning... They either go, this is mandatory now, or if they're lukewarm, they normally get three or four people in. If they're all in, it's mandatory, they'll fill the room with 10 to 20 every week. So those two facts, retention and referrals, are worth doing it. That's the only reason you do it, because here is the truth of the matter, is that marketing costs money. And yes, you have to be able to show return investment. But we, we forget about these things that are right under our nose that cost us nothing to do, relatively speaking, to just effort and hard work to get a guest to come, just effort and hard work to do it and retention goes up. The only way you will not see, and this is why it is important, yes, 
I, I'm, I'm oversimplifying this in the fact of I really believe just doing them, you will get, by virtue of just being disciplined with doing the thing, you're going to get increased retention and you get increased referrals. But there is a skill set to that also. So don't be flippant and say you shouldn't learn that. You should absolutely learn that. Come to my two-day boot camp. I teach you exactly how to do that. I teach you the skill of communication. There's a template for opening. There's a template for teaching. There's a template for closing. I will teach you all of those. There's a template to fill the room. I'll teach you that stuff. But if it's not mine, I don't really care. It needs to be someone. So definitely invest in the art of communication uh, from the front. But I will say this, if you're not getting retention when you're doing it, which is impossible, you will get it. But don't lose sight of the fact that the, the, the message needs to be communicated in such a way that is that you give thought to sales. That you give, by selling, I mean, you give thought to managing expectations. You get thought to pre-framing the healing time. You give thought to people refer here. You give thought to testimonials that show objections common objections and pre-frame in themselves like people have been with you for 10 years like people have been uh, adjusted since birth like people have brought in the whole family like testimonials and case studies that show um john didn't even start here he was dragged in by his wife to this exact health talk by the way oh these are these are finer details that i'm gonna that i cover my two-day boot camp and my inner circle group but I would mention it on this podcast and say to you that it's an important consideration. Don't go and just do a talk because you feel that you should do it. You should do it, but give it some further thought. And, uh, and that is where you, as an entrepreneur, you're paid to think. You're paid to think. And uh, we forget that sometimes. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast. As a, as a quick summary, remember why we do it. You'll, nothing will ever match the quality and quantity of leads. If you can put bums in seats, we'll teach you how to do that. And what, what types of orientation classes or health classes people are doing, how to do them, when to position them, how to position them, and the outcome of them is let's grow that practice organically through referrals and let's, you know, if you can close up that back door through anything that will increase your PVA, you have to be doing I love and appreciate you. I hope that was helpful. In my next podcast, I'm going to be teaching you the absolute skill and art. Next two, it's a three-part podcast. This is we're going to be teaching you how to get out into community, um, how to get into corporate environments, how to um, do a successful um, business card campaign, how to send emails to your list that'll get you into companies, how to get into companies, and a bit of a script on how to get into companies, but then once you, why it's important to get into companies, because you become the invited guest as opposed to the unwanted pest. That's my next podcast. And the one after that, I'm also going to teach you about how to smash, kill it, how we, I promise you we do more than anyone on the planet, because we have eight sites, just by virtue of our size, we do dinner with the docs, but here's a little trick. We do dinner with the docs without the dinner. So... And we get regularly 30 to 50 to more people registering for those. And um, as I say, if I start all over again, today's podcast and the next two is all I would do. And I promise you, I get a practice from zero to 300 a week within weeks. So I love and appreciate you all. Hope it was helpful. See you on the next podcast.